Dan, did you did you invite anyone? To what? To the show that we're doing right now. Oh, this. Um, no. Right. You said you were going to invite everyone that you've ever slept with, so I thought that would take care of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did invite everyone I slept with. Did you invite anyone you slept with? Yeah, your mum. Dan, actually, can I just start? Why do you have your laundry bag with you? Why do you think? We did that episode, remember, where we discussed gay men buying dirty underwear. Yeah. There's lots of thirsty gays here. So you thought you'd sell your pants? Yes. No. Why not? Dan, they don't want them. No, they do. No, they don't. Well, let's find out. You're not selling your pants, Dan. Well, I am, actually. I've got a pre-order. What? Who from? Your mum. For fuck's sake. Ladies and gentlemen, gays, non-gays, and everyone in between, welcome to a gay and a non-gay live from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival 2019. Everyone's orders. <laughs> Take care of them. <laughs> Dan. Um, yes? This is gross. Oh, yes, sir. This one took quite a lot of time as well. But you ordered the blue ones. Ah, the blue ones. I had a bit of trouble with the blue ones. What, why? But I did, I, I did get there in the end. Fresh, dirty underwear. Please don't. <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, so Dan, Dan genuinely thinks that gay people want to buy his dirty underwear. That's where this has come from. And we talked about this in, in one of our episodes before. I can't believe you're now forcing Edinburgh to, to buy your... I wasn't forcing it. Every, everybody wants them. <laughs> it's just revolting. He's so obsessed with the idea of making a little bit of side money. What is it? Like a, your side hustle, right? Yeah. That he's now gone on a website called Sozzled. <laughs> it says, well, hey, sick used boxes worn at Metallica concert, customized with stains from toothpaste and peanut butter, yeah. smooth or crunchy available. Yeah, both kinds available, guys. Yeah, it's going pretty well, actually. So I'm selling them online and you can get them in person. Uh, right. Just get yours in. I've got quite a few uh, down here as well for later on. If you want, if you want to. Why do you think people want to buy your well, they, used underwear? I mean, they do. I've been scouring the market, and this is a thing that goes on. But I've got a, a niche in the the guys that I've seen doing it are all gay. Right. So this is a non-gay niche. <laughs> right. So the guys selling their underwear normally are gay. Yes. And you're now selling yours, and that make, that gives you a, a an edge. Yeah. Feels like a gap in the market. Yes. It's a it's a non-gay gap in the market. Because you're yeah. a non-gay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is so I mean, I, I got rid of these pants pretty quickly tonight. You did. So, you yeah. did. You did. I'll well, be laughing all the way to the bank, not you. I know why I want it. Why? Because you look like the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. No, come on. Are you a plant? Did he put you here? Did he tell you to say that? There's a little resemblance. I'm not going to say you look exactly like him, but there's a little resemblance there. Have you listened to the podcast? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, That's okay, not... so you know what's going on here. Yeah, but he does. No, he doesn't. I refuse to admit that Dan... So Dan thinks that he looks like Jamie Dornan, who is arguably the hottest guy on earth. Please now look at Dan. <laughs> and he agrees. Look, I... Uh, <laughs> we talked about this so much on the podcast. I can't believe you just said that. But now, now we're on you it. You just I... triggered like a whole 10 minute thing. <laughs> Here he goes. I don't think necessarily that I look like that. But the, the evidence is that I do because people keep telling me that I do. So we've got to roll with that. James just hates it because he's not like the centre of attention. <laughs> I don't. And the person that he looks the most like is Macklemore. I do um, not <laughs> look like Macklemore. You're laughing because I don't, right? <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah. And also, I used to be cool. I used to be a bit bigger and I used to uh, with sh even shorter hair. And I used to get Wayne Rooney all the time. Who, and I so, genuinely think he looks more like Wayne Rooney. <laughs> Right, let's, in, let's just find out. And don't worry, it's okay. He can, he can take it. 
<laughs> Do you think he looks more like Jamie Dornan? Yeah! Or Wayne Rooney? Yeah! Oh, some football fans in the house. <laughs> well, that brought you back down to earth. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to Again and On Gay. Uh, we're recording loads of live episodes from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival 2019. Yeah! And we have some amazing special guests on the show tonight, including Jody Mitchell and Tom Ballard. Go Edinburgh! Um, <laughs> now, when we do our live episodes, I like to give Dan a bit of freedom to just be himself because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but straight people just aren't allowed to let it out anymore, you know? There's always an LGBTQ plus snowflake ready to shut them down and tell them what they're saying is wrong. And I don't think that's fair because I like to live in an equal world. So we like to give Dan a safe space to say what he wants in a feature that I call Things Dan Can't Say. <laughs> <laughs> the jingle is to the tune of a song that we all know. So if you can all sing along and clap along, that would be great. This is Things Dan Can't Say from Edinburgh. Get ready. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. He's on the the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. He's on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. I'm nervous about this. It's been quite difficult, actually, because this is this is show six. So this is the sixth things Dan can't say in a row. And no I was thinking about your plight. Dan. I was thinking this afternoon, like, I haven't got things Dan can't say. But then I went to the toilet and inspiration struck. Okay. <laughs> and my things Dan can't say for today is, do you look at other guys' dicks when you go to the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> I think you do. Why do you think that? I just think, I just think you do. Why do you think I do? Because I just think you do. Yeah, but you need you can't just you can't answer a question with a question. I mean, you didn't answer a question with a question. You can't answer a question with not answering a question by just saying I just think you do. Like, why do you think I do that? Because I think you wouldn't pass up the opportunity to look at a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you guys? <laughs> I mean, oh God, I don't know. Like, uh, depends, I guess. It depends on what? On if the guy was hot or not, I think. Right. Like, I'm not just looking at any dick. I just right. want to look at any dick, do I? I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> you not? Well, do you want to look at any pair of breasts? <laughs> Probably over not looking at them, yeah. <laughs> you know what's weird? Backstage, there's so many people um, because this we all sort of share a backstage area amongst all the shows. And I, I've never worked in like theatre or anything, so this is all like a new world to me. And girls and men just start taking their clothes off in front of you. And it's, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to look because then it looks like I'm looking. So I'm, I'm just like frantically looking like I'm busy. But then I think, oh God, do they think I'm sending them a, someone an email going, oh my God, there's loads of naked people there. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they really care about you. <laughs> I think they're just getting on with their lives. <laughs> just yeah, they probably are. Have no idea that you're in there. So wait. You're the one looking at dicks. Is that what you're telling me? Not, not um, intentionally, but yeah, pe people. Just, Have you so, seen a dick backstage? People are just so. Well, I, 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 I don't know if I've seen an actual dick because I, you know, I might, might sort of repress that. Wow, that is a bad lot. Use of a word. That's a bad, lot to dive in on. Bad, that. bad word. Bad word to use. Wow. Um, do you, have you not? Do you not think? That's... Are you repressing your urge to look at dick? <laughs> is that what? Is that what you just said? Are you coming out, Dan? <laughs> oh my God, I'm, so proud, of, podcast, I'm so proud of you. Again, Anonge has reached its climax. <laughs> I, yeah, do you I not think that? Do you not, have you not found that weird? Or are you no, I don't, I'm, no, it's fine. I don't, I'm used to people taking their clothes off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that's such a big deal. I, I'm just not used we're to lots of... We're all born naked, Dan. 
True, but normally if you're like working or if you're in an office or working yeah, but in a we're shop not in or an office, are we? People are changing for their shows. It's pretty normal. When you're in a toilet, do you look at a man's dick? No. Have you had a man look at your dick? Uh, I don't know. Because you can, you can tell, can't you? Because if you're, if you're standing there well, that's in- <laughs> and then their head just like I guess the rule the right. Of, I guess the sort of unwritten rule like is You can see that they're looking at you. I guess the unwritten rule that I would follow is the I'm probably not going to go and stand anywhere near someone unless I need to. Yeah, but you can still look from, from over here. Speaking from experience, <laughs> you can still tell, can't you? you could, I could still get an, a bit of a bit of an eyeful. You can see it in the corner of your eye, can't you? So you, you it's not do... my fault that I look at dicks all the time. <laughs> it literally is dependent on if I fancy them or not. You can't really tell from like side on in a toilet, can you? No, you follow them in. <laughs> <laughs> That's things Dan can't say. <laughs> Dan cannot say things that Dan cannot say. He's on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. He's on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. Oh, okay. Six down, three to go. I really did hang myself there, I think. Also, I love it when you sing that song and you, you sing about yourself in the third person rather than saying things that I can't say. You sing, say, you're actually saying things Dan can't say. Well, that's the name of the song. I know, it? it's just funny, isn't it? And actually, I heard him singing it outside after the show last night. <laughs> like, he's just singing his own jingle. <laughs> isn't that so cute? <laughs> um, are you guys ready for our first guest tonight? Yeah! Okay, I'm very excited about this. Please welcome the extraordinary drag king comedian. It is the amazing mega babe, Jodie Mitchell. Hi, welcome. Hello. Take a seat. How are you? I'm feeling so pleased because this is a groundbreaking day for me. I've never touched a pair of boxers that have been worn by a man before. Wow. So this is really special. <laughs> Whoa, Thank you. Wow. <laughs> First time for everything. How's it? How does it feel? Um. It feels unique. Yeah. Yeah. It feels... Um, Any holes? No, actually. And no that's holes. really... I'm very proud of you. Thanks. Thank you for giving me such quality boxes. Uh, I, I put a lot of time and effort into um Where into are they work. from, just out of interest? They don't look like quality um, boxes to me and my I, gay eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the thread count, I'm feeling Primark. Have right. I got it right? Are they Primark? <laughs> no, I like a big thread, thread count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be a high number. <laughs> Should we interview our guest? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's start at the top, because I think I know what a drag king is, but I also think I don't. So can you just... <laughs> just, just, to, just to make sure I'm covered, can you explain what In it is? In general, Dan also doesn't really get drag. He's, not, he's okay. not a fan. That was such a millennial man way to introduce it. You, like, you were like, I think I do, but I don't, I don't, I don't know anything. <laughs> don't worry, please educate me. Um, bless you, Dan. Drag kinging. I mean, I didn't really know that much about drag kinging until I started doing it. Because I, well, drag is just gender clowning, right? It's just commenting on gender. It's dressing up and commenting on gender and making people think about it. So when I started doing drag kinging, I didn't really realize I was doing it. I was doing improv comedy. And I discovered that improv comedy is the worst place in the world to be talked over by men because it's the least scripted. Um, not every non-scripted event is as nice as this one is. So I realised that in every scene I was doing, I was constantly being talked over. And then I started uh, just doing male characters. 
So I walked on stage one day and this like Scottish voice came out of me and I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and everyone just did. It was incredible. And then uh, I got scouted by the amazing drag king troupe Pex. And then I, I just started performing with them. My drag king is called John Travolver. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you i know it's good it took me a while you're welcome <laughs> and it's just it's fantastic i love it i love it so much is the real john travolta gay do you think i think the church of scientology have got a lot of dirt on him we'll edit this bit out <laughs> so when you're when you're john are you do you <laughs> you can't just go with john you have to Sorry. full name <laughs> <laughs> otherwise that's so like, I don't know. It's just really strange. <laughs> You've never met John yet. You can't well, be that's why first. I'm asking the question, isn't okay. it? Okay, <laughs> right, all right. So if, if you were here as yeah. John, would you be using, like, John, sorry, John Travolver? <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful to say. Um, <laughs> do you use, like, different pronouns? And are you do you identify in a different way when you're that not, character? Not really. It's a bit like when you watch, like, RuPaul's Drag Race and all of the queens. I haven't seen it. Okay, well, don't worry. Strap You've got in, a lot babes. of work to do here. We'll, we'll work through it. I'll educate you. Don't worry. Um, so all of the queens on there sort of refer to each other as she, if they're talking about each other bitchily backstage. So there's a certain level of respect, even when they're completely dishing the dirt on each other. So they'll be like, she is such a bitch. Um, and it's almost like a, a cute respect thing to use, like the pronouns of whatever gender you're portraying, I guess. So... Usually everyone refers to me as like he, him when I'm in drag, but also it just gets confusing not to. People freak out, even though they know that you're not like a cisgendered man who's like walking around with a painted on beard. People seem to get confused. So it's just good to simplify it, really. Uh, yeah. Talking of RuPaul, isn't there a load of drama around RuPaul's Drag Race because he doesn't allow drag kings yeah there are no drag kings on drag race and actually there's an amazing drag king collective in london called uh woof which is led by uh, a fantastic king called chio um who's latinx trans just incredible their performances are amazing uh and they are launching a sort of like anti-rupal's drag race drag king night that's going to be running in london i think it launches on the night that drag race goes live in Britain up on iPlayer. I know. It's all very tense, isn't it? Awesome. It's all very, very tense. Um, but yeah, RuPaul uh, got outed as telling people to delay taking hormones yeah. if they were trans women. Because he kind of related it to the Olympics, didn't he? And said if you were taking hormones as a trans woman, that was the same as being an athlete that was taking performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. completely crazy. And it completely ignores the fact that uh, people that aren't allowed to continue with their transition in the way they want to transition are going to suffer really bad mental health effects because of that. So they're far less able to compete. So it's like, if you want, the irony is, if you want a level playing field, surely you would want to enable people to compete as best as they can, be their best self when they're entering the competition. I think the problem is, that this. Is, so I watch RuPaul's Drag Race, I really like it, I think it's awesome, but it is not representative of the drag community. It is a TV format, right? It's yeah. like saying that X Factor is exactly everything in terms of how the music industry works, which it obviously isn't. And I guess RuPaul's Drag Race, is. it appears to be like RuPaul seems like the gatekeeper of drag, but yeah. he isn't really. No, she isn't. Like, it's kind of nothing to do with her. 
Yeah. Although I and I should say at this point, I'm obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, <laughs> Mama Ru, if you're listening, I love you. Um, but Can please we be stop judges? being a transphobe. Yeah, but you know, don't be a transphobe, dickhead. Yeah. It's like when J.K. Rowling started being a transphobe. You're like, J.K., please take me to no. Hogwarts, but let me on the train. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's it's disappointing because the thing I love about Drag Race is that when you get to that final episode and they've got that enormous room full of people, just like this one, uh, and, you know, RuPaul is there, she walks out on stage and everyone's going wild. I'm like, if RuPaul chose this moment to go, everyone kill Donald Trump, her army of queers would go and do it. You know, she yeah. has the power. She can do what she wants. So she could easily be less transphobic and, you know, improve other things also. I'm slightly lost. <laughs> oh, God. So bear with me. So a drag queen mm -hmm. is a male uh, performing as a female. Well, not necessarily. So it's, a drag queen is just anyone that's performing femininity. So you have, I mean, this term isn't always used now, but you have like bio queens who are women that are drag queens. So they're like cis women, assigned female at birth, not trans women, um, and they're dressing up as this like super performative version of femininity and putting on wigs and going and being drag queens. So it's just about like, I like to think of drag as being performing at either, either extreme ends, maybe not ends, that's quite binary, performing gender in an extreme way. So like a cis woman can dress up and drag up as a drag queen and go and do that as well. But drag queening, performing femininity, drag kinging, performing I masculinity. I think you summed it up perfectly at the beginning when you just said it's playing with gender. Yeah. But no, but here, here's what oh I'm getting God, at. But, okay. but, 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 but RuPaul is saying <laughs> yeah. that you've got to be a man mm. to what? be on his show yes. performing drag. Yeah, right? yeah. on his Pretty format, much. yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not on, is it? No, but, you know, I think that's why I'm trying to distance it from being the gospel of what drag is. Because also, I don't think drag queens are as bitchy and mean as they are in RuPaul's Drag Race in mm. real life. Like, I've only ever found drag queens to be, like, welcoming and lovely. Like, obviously, they're bitchy, but not normally to each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like, we're uh, all queer people and we're meant to look after each other. So why do I want to watch a TV show that is basically 30 minutes of queer people shouting at each other? Yeah, and that's why when you finally get those like loving queens that just want to take you like into their bosom, it's so beautiful. You get some beautiful TV moments on Drag Race, but they've cast people so that they get those bitchy moments, right? It's a bit like Big Brother. Yeah. But with wigs. <laughs> <laughs> and You're tux. welcome, report. You can use that. And tux. <laughs> um, so let's go back to you and comedy and stuff. I, mm. I think I feel like I've seen you say that you're quite bored of male-dominated comedy. Yeah, massively. I Sorry. Mean, <laughs> and that's why, Dan, you've got to leave the stage now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know that's that's been said a lot of times, but the reason why it has to be said so many times is that it's still so much the case that it's a completely male-dominated industry. Um, so a few years ago, I set up with four of my best pals who are all queer women and non-binary people, our comedy collective, The Law Word. Um, and it's it's been fantastic. I mean, The Guardian loves us. So. Yeah, you had an incredible yeah. review, so give it up for that. It was amazing. <laughs> They named it an ode to queer subcultures, butch femme, and whatever else they want. Oh, I know. Isn't that such a nice little sound It's bite? perfect. Oh, thank you, Mama Guardian, with your sweet teat of legitimacy. I will suck at it forever. Um, so, yeah, that's just like a queer utopia. You know, it's so, so lush. And most of our audience is... Uh, is made up of queer women as well. So it's like a, a super amazing space to go and be in. 
Amazing. Well, I got flyered for it and I was like, oh my God, I want to be a guest on that. And I was like, <laughs> they were like, um, you're not a queer woman. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Maybe one day if we run out, which we won't, there are so no, many of I us. Never we can token you. I never want to guest on it. We can token you. We can provide the audience with rotting fruit. Yes. Just... I could just, yeah, they could yeah. just throw it at me. It I will like do that actually. Or do, use that, use non-gay for that. That would be yeah, perfect. Does that sound good, Tara? <laughs> that sounds great. Um, <laughs> you have a podcast with Sophie Hagen called Secret Dinosaur Cult, mm. um, which is interesting because it's kind of about dinosaurs, but you also talk a lot about sex and queer culture within dinosaurs. Yeah. How would you describe it in one line? Oh, God. <laughs> and then I have so many questions. <laughs> I Before I do my one line, I should explain what happened. Um, last Fringe, we just ended up improvising this podcast format out of nowhere. Sophie was doing um, a sort of podcast recording. The guest didn't turn up. I was in the room because we're mates. And she was like, do you want to do this with me? now and the the manic glint of fringe was in her eye so i said yes and we improvised this bizarre cult podcast where we said to everyone that it was about dinosaurs as a cover to discuss whatever we wanted to within the actual cult which is about queerness and daddy issues and feminism all your faves um and now it's spiraled epically um, but it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done. So which is the gayest dinosaur? Because I have a few thoughts on this. I want to know what you think is the gayest dinosaur. Okay, so there are actually a lot of gay dinosaurs, you guys. Strap in. Um, <laughs> one of the things I love the most about dinosaurs is that a lot of them, they're not really sure how they had sex because they've realized <laughs> they would have had to mount from behind. But a lot of them have spines. Yeah. Uh, so they actually don't know how that happened um and they think that people must have people oh my god oh, you are so deep in this cult I'm so deep in the cult now i've um i've turned the dinosaurs into people they're not people um they wrong, reckon wrong dinosaur pronouns i know i fucked up i i apologize i re-apologize the thing, the thing <laughs> Please, that that's so do. triggering oh god <laughs> um yeah they think that they must have had a lot of like epic sexual poses so they they tried it on with everyone yeah yeah saying? they reckon dinosaurs were just flailing around fucking just whatever they possibly amazing could. so yeah. they didn't have any of the, any of these patriarchal restrictions on them no love is love for dinosaurs they were, they were free beings they hadn't been trapped by language yet it was the perfect time we were talking backstage about how the t-rex is quite camp because he's got little limp wrists <laughs> and yep. um and <laughs> were we yeah i was chatting to john and he was like oh no i think the gayest one's a raptor because it never knows what it wants it's always running around different places and it's got a really long fabulous nail yeah it really really does it'd be a terrible lesbian though oh yeah oh my Nails god are yeah. far too long james has written down on the laptop dinosaur porn yeah that, so yeah. this is, is another thing? thing you discuss in your podcast yeah, so we, a few weeks into doing the podcast, we were sort of researching dinosaurs and up pops popular fan fiction category, monster porn. And we realized that there is this enormous uh, version of erotica, which is dinosaur pornography, mm. um, dinosaur erotica. And it's honestly one of the most creative types of erotica I've ever <laughs> discovered. If you guys think that Fifty Shades is erotica, you've yet to read Chuck Tingle. Um, <laughs> Chuck Tingle? My favourite dinosaur erotica writer. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever be saying that sentence. Wow, what are the novels called? Um, oh my God. This There's... is where Dan should come in with some part about Jurassic Park. Oh 
podcast. I know he's working on one. Are you a big, <laughs> are you a big fan of Jurassic Park, Dan? He's no, but I am a big puns. fan of porn puns. <laughs> I thought you were just going to stop at porn. t rex <laughs> 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 I feel like uh, your future as a dinosaur erotica writer is now set in stone after that. Oh my god, I've got Excellent. a great podcast idea. My non gay wrote a dinosaur porno. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think, guys? <laughs> oh my god, watch Come, out, dad wrote a porno. Coming to the fringe next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that as a one off, actually, just as a really fucking weird thing. Okay, so you have a show that you want to plug that's happening this weekend. Is that right? Yeah, so my drag king troupe, Pex, are bringing our new show, which is called Soft Boys, to Summer Hall on the 24th at 10.35pm. Please come. Um, uh, it's very sexy. Expect moisture. Um, is there nudity? There's a lot of nudity. Is there? Yeah, macho, macho nudity. Because what even is gender? It's just nonsense. I completely agree. Mm. I think so, too. I don't think Dan agrees with that as I such. Uh, no, I in that you don't bend your own gender. Like you wouldn't wear something feminine, I don't think. What's feminine? Well, you think a tote bag is feminine. <laughs> so maybe you do. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't think a tote bag is feminine, but I think that people think that a tote bag is feminine. Is a tote bag feminine? Oh, God. It's not, is it? My tote bag with an enormous penis drawn on it. It's not feminine, I suppose. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a look at that after the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> right, give it up for Jodie Mitchell, everybody. And please check out her amazing podcast with Sophie Hagen called Secret Dinosaur Cult. Thanks, Thanks Jodie. Love you. Our show about gay conversion therapy is out today, Dan. Yes. How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm very excited. Yeah? Yeah. Why? See, I think that's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm very excited. I don't feel comfortable saying I'm excited about it. Why? Because it's awful. Why are you excited about it? The series isn't awful, by the way. No, but like, it's why... It's fucking great. Why are you, why are you excited about it's it? It's on Radio 1. Why are you excited um, about coming out? Because it, it was so intense it was one thing after another and there was like so listeners to our podcast have basically contacted us saying that there was gay conversion therapy happening in northern ireland and that things were difficult for lgbt people so if that was one of you thank you so much for writing in and on the back of that we yeah dan and i decided to get out there and see what was happening and uh and we met this man called mike who offers gay conversion therapy um and let's, let's play a clip of what happened when we, when we yeah. first walked into his house Hi, Dan. Dan. How you doing? I'm James, and that's Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi. Come in. Thank you for coming. So this is where we usually do the work. I, I'm Mike Davidson, and I run Core Issues Trust, which is a charity that takes people seriously who say they want to move away from homosexual practices and feelings. It is triggering, actually, to listen to it. It is really triggering. It was the hardest thing I think I've ever had to sit through, chatting to him. So James was basically chatting to him and I was in the next room getting like increasingly sort of wound up <laughs> by this just stuff that was going on. I had like a simulated therapy session basically, didn't I? Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously wasn't the real thing. And, you know, I'm pretty sure it doesn't work anyway. <laughs> I'm still very gay. For me, it had like a huge personal effect on me. Immediately after we met Mike, we could not stop laughing. Yeah. For like an entire day. I'm so sorry. Our producer's just looking at us like, what are you doing? It's just, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Dan and I aren't feeling very serious right now because... <laughs> <laughs> Why are we fighting? 
still find that so funny. Yeah. It is funny. Like hearing that back makes me feel the same emotions yeah. again. Yeah. And it's just like that thing where you're so freaked out that you cannot help yourself. People who haven't heard our podcast who are in the room are going to be thinking, God, what is this podcast? They just play clips of themselves laughing <laughs> <laughs> to the audience and then laugh over the top of them. <laughs> we had a really funny moment, actually, uh, when James was uh, chatting to this guy and I was sort of going for him and I was saying, um, this stuff is awful that you're saying. You're discredited by the NHS and all these major psychological The NHS, the government, all the major government, psychological all bodies. And then he all said, say that this practice is abhorrent. I yeah. can't believe you've forgotten this bit. Well, I think I've repressed it. <laughs> this, is, this is like the uh, the approved BBC phrasing. Yeah, it's the approved <laughs> BBC phrasing. But then um, he said, well, if you look at what the hard scientists are saying, and I said, what's what's a hard scientist? And, they, and uh, our producer, who is an esteemed BBC Radio 4 and World Service journalist, collapsed on the floor with laughter. <laughs> and I was like, what is she laughing at? Normally an innuendo or pun doesn't go over my head. As it dawned on me, the, clock, like the cogs turned in my head and I was like, oh shit, that is funny. And I, <laughs> any, any second now, I am going to start laughing. But luckily, luckily I wrote it out. I mean, the thing is, like, this is obviously nonsense. And it's interesting hearing his argument so that we can discredit his argument. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, I think that's what it left me with. Like, I don't know how it's left you like months on, because this is obviously only just coming out now, but it was recorded a couple of months ago. Like it's given me a huge sense of freedom, like knowing for the first time that I was born gay and that all of this stuff about why you might be gay is nonsense. And, and actually knowing that he's reading the Bible wrong. Um, and we met a priest that that has completely different opinions. Like he's opened his church to LGBTQ plus people and his opinions and the way he reads the Bible is so much more articulate and correct. And so I just, yeah, it's changed me a lot. I've, I think I've released some of my shame that I had for being gay. I mean, I, I finished with my boyfriend when I got home because I felt as though he didn't actually love me because I heard all this stuff about love in Northern Ireland because gay marriage was, and still just is illegal uh, there. There were so many couples we met that, which is so devastated they couldn't get married. Yeah. And it just made me see love differently, I think. Our Radio on documentary, From Gay to Non-Gay, is coming out today, unlike Mike Davidson. Hey. Um, right, are you guys ready for our next guest? Yeah. I'm so excited. Do you want to welcome him? Yes, please welcome Australian stand-up superstar Tom Ballard. Hey. Hi, everyone. Hi, Tom. Hi, lovely to meet you. Oh, it's so good to have you here. Even though you're a non-gay, you guys have the energy of a bitchy gay couple that's been together for about 20 years. <laughs> it's very endearing. I really love it. It's very nice. It's really annoying, actually. It's so annoying. Love it. We've got, uh, we got Reese Nicholson on the show in two days' time. Oh, great. And we've been sharing like the backstage area with him. And I think he finishes his show as we kind of start ours. So we've seen him every day. And yes. I think he's going to come in armed with... A lot. A whole, <laughs> a whole week of uh, having listened to our a arguments. Lot of dirt, arguments. You know? Yeah, yeah we've been having quite a lot of arguments. <laughs> but we'll stay together forever. Because that's what love is. So what's it like being gay and Australian? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best question I've got. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh, it's mental, mate. You're fucking kangaroos. You're, you're putting a shrimp on the bar. I don't know. Um, it's probably pretty similar to being British and gay. But um, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I guess generally Australia's got some kind of macho bullshit going on like you have here as well um but yeah don't we have gays down there and, and everything <laughs> we gave you kylie people yeah and danny don't forget danny i will forget danny as will history <laughs> oh but, uh, boo we love danny here oh, um i was really emotional when gay marriage got passed in australia like i actually cried oh, when that happened nice. i mean i'd had a lot to drink but i did cry that's very nice of you i uh, i voted no 
Um, <laughs> haven't got a boyfriend. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> no, it was incredible. It was a very protracted, god awful process, and it happened in 2017, for God's sakes. And we went through this insane process where we had to do this, this plebiscite around the country, where people were literally mailed this thing in the in the mail saying, you know, do you think uh, we should allow same sex marriage to happen? It eventually did happen, and it, and that day was pretty extraordinary. It was a pretty pretty beautiful moment, um, and uh, remarkably, Australia still continues, and uh, everything's going fine, and um, <laughs> Satan hasn't risen yet. So, any day now, I reckon. Where were you when you found out the news? I was actually working on a TV show. My TV show was about to start, I think, the next week. And uh, so we were all freaking out about that. And we all gathered together to watch this kind of announcement. The guy from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, who um, has no sh- no pizzazz whatsoever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, they should have got a gay to do that because he was like, the results say this. Um, and he announced it on television. It was a, it was a huge relief. Yeah, it was 60, 62% or something like that in favour. So it was, it was beautiful because, yeah. Uh, the the bullshit conservatives that are in power and that are constantly whipping up fear about um, gay people and children and trans people, it's just a, a nightmare. And to have that beautiful moment where Australia sort of showed itself to be the country that I think it is, which is generally quite a decent progressive place, but we yeah. just don't get a chance to do that very often. And it didn't cut through. Their hate didn't cut through, which is really important. No, it was good. I mean, there was a lot of arguments about whether the plebiscite should happen, and there was a lot of awful shit flying around, and then, you know, um, LGBTQ, helplines got like an uptick of calls from people and their mental health suffered but having said that it was a political moment where people had to get out and campaign for their equality and there was a huge extraordinary effort across unions and community groups and schools and universities and and um yeah just social groups coming together to say no we, we want this change to happen so i think on the whole it was you know i'm, I'm glad that it happened yeah and 62 percent is actually quite a good figure not bad it's quite a big majority actually yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. Is that 62% of people in Australia or 62% of people that voted? People who voted, voting wasn't compulsory for the plebiscite. Voting is compulsory generally in Australia, but no, they, um, yep, you, you could just put the thing into the bin if you liked, yeah. Right, okay. Did anyone do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some people did. Um, yeah, some people fucked up their forms. <laughs> there was an announcement saying if you... The question was yes or no, all right? So <laughs> that's what you're dealing with. Australians are drunk out of their minds. And uh, some people had to ask for new forms. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, do you have a boyfriend yet? No. Okay. <laughs> anyone? <laughs> this is me dating now, yelling out into the darkness. Anyone? Anyone want to fuck me? That is kind of gay dating, yelling out, anyone want to <laughs> fuck me into the darkness. I love Grindr. I'm almost finished. <laughs> almost up to the last level. You face off against a big big boss, Stephen Fry. Come on, people. This is gold. <laughs> Your stand-up show is funny as fuck. Like, I loved it. It's one of the first shows I saw when I got to the Fringe. That's very nice of you to say. You also said backstage you were drunk and don't remember it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was literally about to say. Really? I was drunk and I don't remember it. But I do know that you've basically had enough of capitalism and you, you go on an incredible, monumental millennial rage. Yes, I'm a socialist, which I know is pretty edgy to say at the Edinburgh Fringe, but <laughs> But um, it's a kind of danger dog I am, yeah. Yeah, I just sort of over the past couple of years have sort of moved from some kind of soft left liberal kind of guy where I'm like, hey, can't we all get along? And can't, the conserv- can't conservatives see that they're wrong? To uh, sort of more a hard left socialist where I'm just like, fuck these people, we've got to win against them. And capitalism is destroying us and the planet and millennials are, are fucked over uh, economically. Yeah. Good night, everybody. It's a very funny show. There's a three-minute fart joke as well. So there's really something for everyone. It's called Enough. Enough. Which is great. It's a great title. And when I was there, you were just like ranting at this this woman who was from Jersey who was drinking white wine in the audience who owned like seven houses. I mean, she's, she admitted to that herself. And, um, and you basically were just screaming, why won't you die? <laughs>
<laughs> Very funny, guys. <laughs> but I think yeah. in a way we sort of feel a bit like that, you know? Like, we don't have any money. We're really poor. Help yes. us out. Yeah. I mean, we're still the worst. Don't get me wrong. Millennials suck. Yeah, but we suck. There is this economic deal where, um, yeah, we've really been fucked over. And uh, I've had a lot of baby boomers through to the show. And um, they, they, they're very happy to tell you how many houses they own. I asked one guy, how many houses do you own? He said, uh... He had to think about it, okay? He had to look into his brain, into the houses folder, and remember the number. Wow. Um, so there's something definitely wrong going on there. And, yeah. uh, and I think I, I'm mildly excited by the kind of moment that's happening around the world in Western countries anyway, where people are sort of saying maybe democratic socialism isn't such a dirty word, you know? Mm. You've got a bit of a thing about picking on people in the audience. <laughs> yes. Because I read this thing. What is this thing about uh, uh, you got heckled by someone on crutches? Oh, yes. I, um, I was doing a show in Melbourne. There was a woman in the front row and she was talking throughout the whole thing and I gave them quite a few chances and eventually I had to say, look, I'm sorry, you can't stay in the show. You've you got to leave. You can get a refund. It's fine. But she had crutches. So she then had to get up, put the crutches and limp up the middle aisle of the show to leave. And I felt like an asshole. <laughs> but oh people on crutches God. can be assholes too, everybody. You know? <laughs> How long did it take for her to leave? It was about uh, it was about five, no, three minutes to walk out. Then the people outside told her that she couldn't get a refund, so she then came back into the room <laughs> and proceeded to call me a cunt. <laughs> Comedy! Um, are you enjoying being over in Edinburgh? Are you tired at this point? I'm very tired, but it has been wonderful. I need to be healthier. Um, I said I'm going to have a healthy fringe at the start of this month, and... Um, here I am. <laughs> Two years ago, I joined the, the, uh, the local gym in Edinburgh, which cost £60, and I went twice. Wow. Um, so that's really value for money. I've been once this year, but it was only £30. So that's not too bad. And uh, I just think Edinburgh is a really healthy city. I saw a woman going for a run while smoking in Edinburgh once, and I thought, <laughs> what, what's, what's her health plan there? She wants a thin coffin, I guess. <laughs> that's what she's going for. One of the things you talk about a lot is politics and obviously your show in Australia that you are hosting had a lot of that going on as well. Um, what are we going to do about Brexit? We haven't really oh. talked about it on our podcast, but I feel like <laughs> as an outsider to the UK, maybe you might have a plan. <laughs> I don't know. No one here seems to know what's no, happening. No, I think it's going really well. I don't know why you did any outside influence. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a working visa. I've just started a working visa to move to Australia because I like to move to a country just as you're really hitting your peak and you're really living your best life. Wait, a working visa for Australia? No, no, for, for the UK. You oh. did say Australia. Oh, did I? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Do it again, what? do it again. <laughs> no, it's just fine. It's a two-year working visa, so, so it's a working visa to a country that doesn't appear to be working. <laughs> and um, I, I think Brexit is, is an absolute shit show. I guess everyone just wants to be over, right? Don't you want it to be done? Um, you know, a no-deal Brexit does seem like it would be devastating. I do have some reservations about overturning a democratic outcome of a vote. But I don't know, if, if, if Corbyn can figure out this caretaker government and then go to a general election, that seems like something that could be doable. He does look a bit like a caretaker also. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's actually said that, but I, that's my first thought. Don't you think? I want him to give me a hug with his little jumper. <laughs> He's very comforting. A Corbyn yeah. hug would be are, are you a Corbyn, a Corbyn Easter? Um, I mean, you know, it's not my country. I'm not here to tell you what I think, although you can come to the show and, and hear what I think for an hour. <laughs> and as a 29-year-old gay comedian, I, I know all the answers. But I, I think that there is something exciting about a, a socialist kind of politics, someone who, you know, I think genuinely does believe in, in, in looking out for the many and not the few. And yes, the Labour Party has a whole lot of challenges at the moment, but um, I still think he's been on the right side of most arguments for the past 30 years. So, yeah, I'm a fan. Apart from Brexit. Apart from Brexit, well, I mean, you know, he, he probably is a Eurosceptic. You know, he probably voted Leave, <laughs> to be honest, but was in this weird position where he had to lead the Remain campaign. So he kind of got fucked there. Um, yeah, good luck, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> you got any, any other Jeremy Corbyn fans in? 
Wowza! Whoa, I'm surprised. Get the car ready. I gotta leave. (laughs) Really? (laughs) What's fair enough? I I don't think we like any of our leaders. No, actually, fair enough. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, we shouldn't really get into politics. We never do do that. <laughs> you um, don't know who Jeffrey Epstein is, so yeah, that was an issue. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I do now. Now there's a leader. I've been educated. <laughs> <laughs> I've been educated on that one. We went down the Jeffrey Epstein pedophile ring. Yeah, hole, let's not. Um, not. <laughs> um, in, in an early episode of Tom. Okay. Tom, what are you planning to do with your UK visa? Um, work and become a star. Yay! Oh, that was reluctant and patronising. And uh, no, I, 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 there's so much work over here. Australia is in a very weird place where um, our conservative government doesn't let our public broadcaster have much money to make things. Um, and I would, I, I'd love to have a crack and live over here. There's just extraordinary amount of work, and um, you just immediately become a better comic because there's some of the, obviously the best comics in the world uh, performing around London and, and, in, and in Edinburgh. So, yeah, I'd like to to do that, please. That's if anyone really has cool. anything going, please do let me know. Um, there's also a famous mountaineer called Tom Ballard. Does oh, that yes. annoy? you um it is annoying he also died recently tragically oh my god so when i'm google searching my own name to see reviews of my edible fridge i'm reminded that death comes for us all <laughs> um, his mother died on the same mountain i believe and he went back to climb the same mountain as a tribute to her and then and then went missing and died wow did wow. he really do that he's, he's beloved though and i, That's I think dumb. Uh, he's fine yep Okay. There's a James Bard doing the rounds. It's like a yeah. There's been another James Bard at the Edinburgh Festival. Oh no! He wrote a book about the Middle East and Iraq. What was it? Dicks of the no. What's it called? <laughs> Dicks of the de- Dicks Lord, of the no. Desert. Lords of the Desert. Oh, similar. Okay. And Sorry, you're gay. Is Dicks that right? Of, yeah. Okay, right. Go, Dicks go. of the Desert is Dicks my desert. book yes. that will be coming out next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> See you at the Edinburgh Book uh, uh, Festival. Yeah, yeah. coming soon. Um, that, that gay safari you went on. Yeah. But it's been very <laughs> annoying because my Twitter search is just like very triggering. Having this boring book guy just chatting about. Shit. And I'm like, where are the people talking about my show? <laughs> oh, they're, they're not there. Um, anyway. Um, Tom, you do an Audible podcast, I believe, called What's the Story? I do, yes. Yes, what's, I do. What's the story? Uh, it, it is a, uh, a podcast that comes out every month. They, uh, Audible choose like an editor's extra, like an audiobook of the month. And uh, myself and some other people uh, chat about that, that audiobook. It's kind of like a book club, but for audiobooks. Okay. Oh, it sounds amazing. Um, to celebrate that... We're going to play a game. <laughs> he sounded so insincere. No, he does sound Didn't he? That, again, that was such a straight man <laughs> thing to just, say. No, that just oh, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awesome. I need to check it out. Um, okay. To celebrate your podcast, What's the Story? Yes. We've come up with an amazing game called What's the Story? How do they do it, guys? So I'm going to give you a series of news stories. Yep. And you're going to tell me what the headline is. If they were pawns? No, 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 okay. that, that's... That, no, that's, they're not pawn, though. No, no okay, pawn. Gotcha. Right. You've really done your research by yeah, listening to, to us, which I love. So right. it should really be called What's the Headline, but, yep. you know, that, that's not as clever as <laughs> just stealing the name of your podcast <laughs> for our own personal gain. So... Also, by calling it What's the Story, we get to have this amazing intro music. What's the story? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's What's the Story, Morning Glory by Oasis. Gross. Um, <laughs> I prefer a, broad, a bit of a glittery theme tune for my game shows, but um, I'll take Oasis. So I'm going to give you a uh, summary of a news story, and yes. you're going to tell me what you think the headline is. Okay. First one is a story from 2012. Rumours are abound that Research in Motion, who own BlackBerry, may be laying off up to 8,000 jobs. <laughs> What do you think the headline is? A Blackberry ditches jobs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Good guess. That's 9pm at the Monkey Barrel, everybody. Tom Ballard, live on stage. Um, good guess, but it's not that. Anyone got a, got a guess in the crowd? Rim jobs. Rim jobs. Ooh, interesting. Rim blows 8,000 jobs. <laughs> Ooh, good guess. Let's find out what it is. 
You're right. Oh my god. You're right. Six thousand wind jobs on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that's a busy weekend, isn't it? Round two. Yep. This is Elton John and David Furnish's civil ceremony okay. in 2005. I'm and the newspaper was The Sun. You can imagine how offensive this could have gone. Benders get married. <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, very close. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm surprised you haven't seen this headline. Elton takes David up the aisle. Oh. Which is very offensive, isn't yeah, it? That's horrible. Do you think that's horrible? That's not ideal, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a little bit funny, but no. I mean, on the front page of the paper, Jesus Christ, come on. Okay, last one. This is a story from 2011. The head teacher of Cheltenham Ladies College has come out saying that girls' schools are still very important. Uh, the headline was... Girls' schools still offering something special, dash... Head. <laughs> As a bonus round, this is the one I think you're going to slay at. Boris Johnson could declare no confidence in himself to force a no-deal Brexit. An ex-Tory warns. An ex-Tory warns. This is for a Borisy bonus point. Okay. No, guys, I got nothing here. Oh, my God. I was just expecting you to say, Bojo is a cunt. <laughs> Bojo... Um, blows himself up. Uh, the headline is Boris Johnson could declare no confidence in himself to force a no-deal Brexit, says a Tory donor. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Woo! Give it up for Tom Ballard, everyone. Please follow him on Twitter as well. He's hilarious. Thanks a lot, Tom. We love you. Good night. Edinburgh, you're awesome. Our next episode is with Susie Ruffle. We can't wait for you to hear that. Yes, Saturday night we're here with Reese Nicholson and Sunday night we're here with Larry Dean. Thank you again, Edinburgh. We love you. Have a lovely night. You're awesome. Thanks so much. If you want more, subscribe at gaynongay.com or, you know, whoever your favourite podcast supplier is. Kisses. Mwah.